Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Before we get into today's episode, I want to let you all know that it contains discussions around mental health, sexual assault, and suicide. So I just wanted to give everyone a trigger warning before you continue listening to the full episode, but it is a very, very good discussion. My friend Tori opens up about so many personal accounts in her life, and I think it's a really good one for everyone to listen to. Vanderpump Rules to Motherhood and everywhere in between, it's time to catch up with Sheena Shea. This is Shenanigans. And now, here's your host, Sheena Shea. Well, hello, everyone. Hope you are feeling good as gold today. I am back from Vegas in studio. We've got my girl, Jamie Lynn, back on the co-hosting mic. How are you? I'm good. Hi, everyone. And we have my friend, Tori Keith, who is going to be our guest today. I'm the guest. You've been on the show before. Since then, you have sang at my wedding. I know. It and was, you were surprised. You didn't was. know. No, it was so beautiful. Yeah. I thought maybe something at the welcome party. Yeah. But yeah. then that didn't no, happen. The so I was like, night, oh, baby. I'm probably just not going to do it. And Shelby, my wedding coordinator, was like, we have so many surprises. And that was one of them. That was it. Everyone yeah. cried. Your mom cried. No. It hugged me so Everyone tight. Everyone cried. It was so, so beautiful. It was really sweet. I had yeah. fun. I so, love you. Just wanted to get you back on the mic. Sometimes I feel like I need to have my friends on my podcast just to hang out with well, them. Yeah, I haven't just seen a, you guys. And just a chill, like. Yeah. I know. I haven't chat. seen you in so long until we just did. I know. The last podcast. That's together. how I get to hang out with you now. Yeah. I'm like, we got to just get back on the podcast. We used we to used do this to every see week. each other every single week. I know. And now you have your own podcast, Jamie all over. Let's give it up. Yeah. And let's come back so to shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, you know what? Let's. Sit down, catch up, because I know both of you haven't been out that much lately and just want to kind of get into why. Yeah. Put my Was the last time I saw you at the wedding in August? Have I not seen you since then? 
I think it was. No way. Yes. That's so crazy. Because right after your wedding, I kind of stopped going out. I did. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely isolated myself and yeah. it's something I do very often. And it's so hard once you get in the routine of not leaving your house, you're comfortable, you have everything. I really invest like money into my space because that's where I'm at most of the time. Mm-hmm. So get, breaking that routine, it starts to feel like it's a fear leaving because I'm in this comfort that I've built and it's safe and nothing can happen to me. And I'm just there. Yeah. Do you have social anxiety? No, I don't. I've just with, should we get into it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Get into some shenanigans. Get into some Although whatever. Although I did want to catch up with you about Vegas. And I feel like if we oh, go back to you that go after first. this. You go first. <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> yes. Vegas. Can you, can you hear from the voice? I can. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like you guys had so much fun. We did. We Who had went? So much fun. So it was me, Brittany, Kristen, Zach, a few other girls who people don't know, <laughs> Elaine and her sister. And yeah, it was just so much fun. But like one of the girls who came, Michelle, mm-hmm. she and Brittany have gotten close. And then her and I totally bonded this weekend. Her oh. daughter is about to be three when summer mm-hmm. turns two. Their birthdays are like a week and a half apart. She's adorable. She's like the face of this new guest campaign. What? Oh, wow. Yeah. So okay. How does she so. Know- the husbands are friends. Okay. Yeah. So it was us and then one of Brittany's friends from Vegas and Lala was supposed to come and then she ended up being sick mm. and wasn't able to make it, which was a bummer. I felt guilty having, we were like having so much fun and she wasn't there and she was still in the group chat. Aww. She's like, I can't even check the group chat because <laughs> she's like sick in bed, yeah. dying. And I was like, I'm surprised you're still in the group chat. The second I knew I wasn't going on that trip, I would have been like, and Sheena has left the chat. Wait, yeah. Why do people stay in the... There, there are so many instances it's just where people yourself. stay in it. I'm I like, know. I'd probably stay in it. I would want to like know what was going on and like I, still feel oh, connected. I no, no, I, I don't only get stay in a group chat if it's like after life is beautiful. But say I left on day three, I'll stay in it to see what everyone's doing day mm-hmm. three because I was already there. Okay, that if makes sense. If it's something I'm not going to at all, I'm not going to be in the group no. chat because I don't want to see it. But also your phone is blowing up. Yeah, I have them on silent. But like, wait, so how many yeah. days were you there? Just two, two nights. I got in Friday at like five and then came home yesterday. Did you stay at the Venetian? Did yeah. I make that up? <gasps> How was it? Yeah, it was beautiful. It was all decked out for Lunar New Year and Ugh. it was so fun. We did Magic Mike. I got Brittany brought up on stage. Yeah. Oh my God. It was so good. They brought her up for the candy shop song and they <laughs> lay her on top of the bar and literally put whipped cream in her mouth on her chest, on her legs, like lick it off. Oh, it was. I would be so upset with that. I would not be into that. Oh no, she was so into it. <laughs> and then right after she goes, send the video to Jax. <laughs> Did he respond? He just responded, OMG. <laughs> and you got to see my friend Jacqueline. Yes. She hosts it now. I haven't seen Magic Mike since she started hosting it. Yeah, she was so good. Aww. I mean, I've seen that show. This is probably like my 20th time now. Yes, so I you're pretty a pro. much have that entire script you could memorized. Do it. You could host it. I could totally do it. <laughs> yeah, but it was so much fun. We had a really, really good time. My voice is paying for it now because we were just screaming the whole time. Then we had like a massive dance party where we're just singing every song from like the late 90s and early 2000s. Oh. And then it was 4 a.m. And we're like, oh, we should go to bed. You're like, we're moms. Yeah, I know. Look at us. I know. I I love that Zach was there, though, because it was like all girls and then Zach. And Zach is the most fun. That's 
that's where Zach shines is Vegas. Yeah. Like he's fallen asleep at like 4 a.m. at the Taco Bell club. Uh, there's a club that's oh yeah, Taco, Taco Bell Cantina. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He he, he uh-huh. ordered a bunch of food, fell asleep, and then the janitorial staff had to kick him out. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's Zach in Vegas. Yeah. But it was all girls. Did you guys get hit on? We did. So what happened? Yeah. Because most of you were taking the rings. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I'm not yeah. What interested. You, let's let's walk this through. So I'm a guy and I'm hitting on you, and I'm like, I want you to tell me what you would do. Hey, baby. You're so hot, good and good looking. What's your number? That would never happen <laughs> like that. Have, have you seen men yeah. hit on women before? <laughs> no, because also here's the thing. I want to know. No, I want to know what you say. Well, when How a do you guy turn comes up down? to me, I don't know if they're a fan or if they're hitting on me mm. sometimes. Because they'll just come up and start talking. And then there's I mean, this a one straight guy. Male. Well, I couldn't tell if this guy was gay or straight. Okay. I, I didn't know. Okay. But he came up and he looked like excited to see me. And then I'm also with Brittany and Kristen. And so he comes up and he's like, hey, ladies. And I was like, hi, how are you? And I had just met a fan behind me. So Mm -hmm. I just thought, you know, maybe this was one of his. I don't know. And so I start talking to him for a second. And then I realize, oh, he has no idea who I am. And he just wants to talk. And then he kept wanting to shake our hands. Why? What? Do you mean he was just like, he was like holding his hand out. And I just didn't feel like shaking his hand. And so he was just like, Oh, like, no, can I get a, like a fist bump? And then he's what? just talking and I go, we're all married. Sorry. Like, I thought you, I just, I thought he was a fan and mm-hmm. maybe wanted a photo and that wasn't what it was. So I was like, you can go I'm not trying to make a friend right now. So. Or a fan. See, that's yeah. the worst. <laughs> They're just like, when they just stick around, they linger. Yeah. And I'm like, get out of my space. Yeah. No one. And I, I shook his hand once. Like when he came up, he introduced himself. I shook his hand then. And then when he, I was like, I'm not going to keep touching you. And he you. wanted more? Yeah. That's so creepy when they just want to touch you. Like, yeah. even just your so hand. So I was like, no, no. Oh, no when I'm you're good. like in a club and a guy walks by and like grabs your waist, oh. I'm, uh, oh my God, I want to punch I someone. I feel like they do that less now. No? No. I was really? out the other day and it was like moving and grabbing and it was old men. And I was like, oh, Ew. oh my gosh. They didn't get the memo. No. Yeah. Old men. So they that's don't. we just went back up to the room. We're like, we all just have our own dance party. Yeah. Just, I mean, that's the best time, girl time yeah. with mm-hmm. one guy. Yeah. Just, Oh, Sheena and I had to kiss once at a club to get this guy away from us. Yeah, we were forced to do it to get to like saying you guys were dating. Yeah, and he didn't do it all the time. It didn't work. (laughs) He just wanted to be involved. It just makes it worse. (laughs) See, that's what's so annoying is I'll be out like if I actually have a girlfriend, I'll be out walking on the street. And this one guy this one time was like, oh, my God, you're so hot. And I said, this is my little girlfriend. And he said, we just haven't been with a good man. Like, I'm going to join you guys. They have no, like, is there anything in here? Is there just a marble shaking around? <laughs> like, Sometimes. Jeez, <laughs> it's ridiculous. They don't get the hint. Yeah. Even if you say that you're in a relationship. I know. But what they do take seriously is you say, if you say you're with a man, they're like, oh, okay, sorry. They back off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But they don't, th- that's what I've learned. Like, well, because you've actually had relationships, right? Yeah. With women? Yes. Interesting. They think it's like a invite. Mm. And it's not an invite. Yeah. It's disgusting. My sexuality is not a fetish for you. Yeah. I'm not doing this for you. I literally just have a girlfriend and she's pretty and I like her. Yeah. How long were you together? Well, I've had multiple. My first girlfriend, my first like girl love, we were together for a few months and she's still my best friend. It's weird and like the queer community 
everyone really just stays friends. <laughs> and I was just, I just had a boyfriend. We broke up recently. And um, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with Kelsey. Like my ex-girlfriend, is that okay? And at first he was a little weirded out. And then he saw us together and he was like, oh my God, like you guys are just best friends. She was at my release party. Oh, oh really? Yeah, she was one of the blondes there. I'm into blondes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, But yeah, every, it's just like very normal to stay friends. But I'm like, I'm friends with all my exes. I actually am now too. You I'm are. Not. Yeah. Uh, one was just here on the podcast. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I am with all but one. Yeah. For good reason. Good reason. Totally. Good, good reason. Yes. We yeah. support that. Definitely. Yeah. We're just talking about, I wouldn't call Danny an ex, but I met him at your release party. Yeah. I had him on my podcast and he was like, Tori's going to kill me that I <laughs> came on Jamie Oliver before, before she did. did. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Can I cuss? Yeah. Okay. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> Great. But he and I are good friends and it was so funny because we're just having a conversation because we were both like, well, what the hell are you two? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? What is this? Yeah. It's been since, when was your release party? Oh God, June. Okay. June. It was in June? Right? I don't know. When did my song come out? No. <laughs> I stream Lovesick. Wait, it was... I think it was like around Ariana's birthday, maybe. I think it was. Yes, it was. It was the day after. It was the day after. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. June. June 24th. Yeah. Okay. Then it was on her birthday. Mm -hmm. Because Yeah. That's it. Wow. Yeah. It's been a minute. So it's my six month friend-aversary then with Danny. And kiss-aversary. And we've kissed. And I was like, I don't know what we're doing. Like, I told him I just want to be friends. But then after your wedding on the flight back, I was like, hey, Danny. I think we should be more than friends. Just oh for fun. my God. And he's like, all right, fine. <laughs> it's like, just say the word. And then like, it still has not happened. Yeah. So I don't know. It's the weirdest situation, but we're, we're just like kissing. Buddies. I think we're supposed to hang out after this. Like, well, I'm hanging know. out with my ex after this. So are you? Yeah. Maybe we can no, Because like, they're best friends. <laughs> yes, they're best friends. That's so Great. funny. Not so good. I am not hanging out with my ex after this. <laughs> She's hanging out just, with her husband. Yes. I was just at Rob's studio in Studio City. That's right. Yeah. At my ex Rob's studio uh, recording a podcast. Yes. He yeah. wasn't there, but his book was. So I saw oh, his face my on the yeah. coffee table. <laughs> yeah. But his studio was so nice. And he was so nice to let Kale and I use it mm -hmm. for my podcast because we wanted to do a video and we had a guest in town, Stefan Speaks. And we were like, we need like some place to do video because this is a really big guest. Like yeah. I'm super, he was like one of my goal guests to have. So thank you, Rob. <laughs> Love that. Love you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we're going to take a little break. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everyone knows how much I love getting food delivered to my front door. And as much as Brock and I love to cook, we also have a toddler. We're always on the go. We're here, we're there. He's going in the office now. And sometimes it's great to just have a good old meal from Factor ready to go. You heat it up in two minutes. It's fresh. It's good. They have so many options, y'all. Like no matter what your lifestyle is, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, protein plus meals on the menu each week prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. So each meal has all of the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. And they're so easy for my parents out there. Like I said, two minutes and it's ready to go. No prep time, no cooking, 
You can take it on the go. I eat them in the car. They are so good. They have 34 chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options. If you're looking to cut back on takeout, definitely check out Factor instead because not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but the meals are ready quicker than restaurant delivery. Because like I said, two minutes. Get Factor. Enjoy eating clean without the hassle. Choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Achieve and maintain your goals this year with Factor. Get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and start saving time, eating well, and living your best year ever. 2023, let's do it. Head to factor75.com/sheena60 and use code sheena60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code sheena60 at factor75.com/sheena60 to get 60% off your first box. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi. I'm Dr. Will Cole. As a leading functional medicine practitioner, I have had the unique position to see so many alchemize their pain and health problems to their purpose. Now I want the same for you. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers, where there is a fresh infusion of grace and lightness into wellness. This is the art of being well. Join me every Thursday for a new episode. All right, so... That was Factor. You guys, meal delivery. If you're staying in and hibernating and you need some good food. It's a good segue. That was really good. You know? Back to hibernating. Yeah. Before we talked about Vegas, we were talking about me and how I really self-isolate. I can get into it. I've learned through therapy that the reason I do that is it's a coping mechanism to protect myself. And... I am a sexual assault survivor. It's happened to me twice. I struggle with mental health my whole life, really. I isolate myself in order to keep myself safe. Because if I don't leave my house, nothing bad can happen to me. And I'm learning now that it has hindered my mental health, my life experiences. I feel so alone and like I'm missing out. I'm 24. I should be going out and and meeting people and going to parties and having fun and going to lunches, but I can't. I can't do that. So I'm learning now to break down those walls because they were built and they served me for that time being, but they don't serve me anymore. So I have to figure out how to reconstruct and teach myself that it's okay to go outside. It's okay to hang out with people. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so sorry to hear 
that you are not once but twice a survivor of sexual assault. I did not know that about you. Can I ask how long ago it happened? And is that the reason or is that the main reason why you feel protected in like indoors in your home? Yeah. So the first attack happened two years ago and it was my best friend from when I was four years old. He was my best friend. He was a part of my family. And we were hanging out one day and he raped me. And I can't explain the intricacy of how that affected me because A, obviously it's it's an assault and that's horrifying. But B, it was someone that I have loved my entire life and was supposed to protect me from these things and Mm -hmm. is the one that did the worst thing possible to me. Yes. So it taught me in a very horrible way, you can't trust anyone. You can't trust anyone. Or you can't trust yourself or your own judgment. Right. It makes you question that. That is, that's exactly, because I'm a very outspoken person. Like you guys know Sheena. I am just like Sheena. I speak my mind. I don't hold anything back. I'm very strong-willed, hard-headed. And when I say no, I fucking mean no. And I will make it known. Mm -hmm. And so I've always thought, if that can happen to me, it's hard to explain. It Um, can happen to many and it does. It does. Sadly. Yeah. So I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that can relate to this. And Mm -hmm. I don't know the stats on it, but I do believe that it's- It's one in three women. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah. That's that's Mm -hmm. insane. And then I don't know, like, is it mostly people that they know or is it strangers? It's- um. I mean, the same with like <laughs> murders. I'm very into true crime. Um, it's always either the husband or a family member. So yes, it it for me, the both times it's happened to me, it was people in my life that I knew. It wasn't random people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what makes it so hard. Yes. Yeah. Because I was terrified to let anyone in after that. I started to heal after the first one, after the first attack. And I was feeling okay. I went through this period where a lot of survivors, they get hypersexual and I couldn't look in the mirror and see my body as mine. I saw it as this happened to me, this happened to this body. So what a lot of victims do is they try to win that back Mm. by being sexually active and hypersexual. So I went through that period just trying to gain control of my body and gain that that power back, mm-hmm. being able to make these decisions of I, I'm deciding to do this. And there and it's, you know, mm-hmm. so once I started to heal from that, I it happened again oh and God. with someone else. And this time I was like, you know, I went through the victim blaming stage of here's what I could have done. I could have got up. I could have ran. I could have hit. So the second time I did all that and it still didn't work. And that's what's so hard because when people ask me about these attacks, they're like, well, what did you do? Oh, that's a terrible question. Right. (laughs) Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What did you do? Were you drunk? No, I was sober. Were they drunk? No, they were sober. People do bad things, not under the influence. You need to understand that. People will say to me, like, what did you do? Well, why didn't you fight back? I did. I'm five three. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't do much. Yeah. And after that, I fell into a hole because I was like, I got through the first one and I taught myself that it's okay to trust people. It's okay to let people in. And it happened again. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't. And it was a really, really dark time. And I look back at it and this is why I'm speaking about it because I'm so happy I'm here now. So are so we. So are we. Yeah. Thank you. So happy you're here. Yeah. And I, I, my life has become so beautiful. I'm in so much therapy and I had plans to end it. And it's weird how things happen because the night that I had plans to end it, my sister was going to a party. We lived together. I did her makeup. I got her ready to go. She was about to walk out the door. The Uber was there and she had this gut feeling that she shouldn't leave and she didn't leave. Oh, wow. Wow. I just got chills. Yeah. Yeah. I love your sister. I know. She I do too. You guys. Oh my God. Yeah. It's really wild. So can I ask how long ago that was? That was last October. Okay. And Not like this, this October. 2021. Like 2021. Yeah. Or 2022. Like a couple months ago? No, 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 no. Like the one so before 2021. That. Yeah. Yeah. 2021. Yeah. Okay. So wow. you got into therapy shortly after? Mm-hmm. I got, well, I, it took like seven months. My sister took off school and I'm so thankful. Oh, it makes me emotional. I'm so thankful for my sister. I was not good, obviously. And my sister dropped out of school and like took care of me. And we just kind of hunkered down and focused on getting me better. And I'm lucky that I, I knew I needed help and I knew that I couldn't do it on my own. So I was looking... Um, into therapy, I wanted to go to treatment centers and get help, but they're so expensive. Mm-hmm. They're like $30,000 Wow! to go away for like two weeks. Yeah. So that didn't happen, but I got in therapy and I don't, do you guys know about EMDR therapy? Yeah, I've tried it, but it wasn't really for me for what I wanted. I thought just after having the baby and all of the intrusive thoughts and all of that, I thought, oh, I you know, have past trauma and I need to do EMDR to heal. Mm -hmm. And the first time we tried to do it, 
I just, I don't know if it was where I was at, if I was just distracted, I could hear it was like trash day or whatever. I and I just like, I wasn't in the office, you know, it was over a phone over Zoom and I'm doing the tapping and it just, it was not resonating. I'm like trying to think that, oh, I'm worried about summer choking because I choked when I was like seven. So go back to this memory and I'm like, this is not it. It's not it. And that's when I realized, okay, maybe this isn't the right type of therapy for me. And after several months now of working with this therapist, that's where now she realizes that I most likely have postpartum OCD. Mm -hmm. And at the time when I'm having all these intrusive thoughts and doing all of this, it wasn't postpartum depression. Cause like when mm -hmm. you go to your six week checkup, they basically just check if you're okay to have sex again. And then you answer some questions of like, are you depressed? And that whole checklist, it just, it was so weird how, you know, a doctor is just going to tell you like, oh, okay, you're good to have sex again, like six weeks later. Yeah. But there was just so much more. And when I was answering this questionnaire of all of the questions about postpartum depression, there was a few that I wanted to say yes to, but I'm like, but I know none of the others. So mm -hmm. I'm like, if I say yes to these, what if they diagnose me with this? This yeah. isn't what it is. I know this isn't what it is. And now a year and a half later, I realized that that was postpartum OCD. Mm-hmm. And so last week in therapy, I did this like six page questionnaire checklist. And my therapist, she's a family therapist. She's not a psychiatrist. She's not licensed to technically diagnose mm -hmm. me. I'm still looking for the right psychiatrist for that. But I'm also not looking to get on meds. So it hasn't been like front of mind. Yeah. Like I need to do this now because I love my therapist and she's doing work with me with exposure and all that, mm -hmm. which I want to get mm -hmm. into with you as well. Yeah. And yeah, so she said it's like mild to moderate OCD, okay. but also postpartum OCD is often misdiagnosed as depression. Mm -hmm. And so now she was like, yeah, EMDR is not what we need to do because that's not well, EMDR what we need is to reprocessing treat. memories. Yeah. If the people watching or listening don't know, EMDR basically goes in. It's how my therapist explains it is you, she goes like this with her fingers, mm -hmm. you follow it, you have a memory in your mind and you're basically on a train ride and your your brain takes you on a drive and you look out the windows and you're just seeing all of these memories. And basically at the, the end of the train ride, like at the end of EMDR, you kind of come to some sort of conclusion. And if you're not needing to reprocess memories with OCD specifically, exposure therapy mm -hmm. is the only way to get through mm -hmm. it. Like obviously EMDR for more traumatic things with OCD, but Exposure therapy is amazing and yeah. I'm proud of you. Thank I you. I want to ask you like what your OCD is like and did you experience it before pregnancy? I've had it my whole life, okay. but I think something with having the baby like that postpartum, it definitely triggered a more intense version mm -hmm. of it. Like the intrusive thoughts are now about this child, mm -hmm. you know, and just my biggest fear in the world is her dying or Brock or my mom, my sister, my dad, you know, like that immediate family. That's just my biggest fear. But then I also have a fear of drowning and not that I've ever drowned, but mm -hmm. I had two really bad experiences with water. And now I'm like terrified to go underwater. If I do, I'm like, I need the goggles with the nose piece or I have to plug my nose and go under for like two seconds. I'm like, I can't hold my breath. I can't hold my breath. Like I can't breathe underwater. Obviously you can't breathe underwater. I'm not a fucking fish. <laughs> you know but what I'm like, I now that my daughter is starting to learn how to swim, it's like I want to be able to do these mm -hmm. things with her. But I am just so terrified Something of that. Holds you and back. Yeah. And so I know there is trauma there, but also 
I know that it's been OCD my whole life. Mm -hmm. Like there are just so many things thinking back and especially with numbers. Mm -hmm. Like I finally, for the first time since Instagram came out, followed more than 420 people. I was going to say, I keep <laughs> check my, on that. I've yeah. even texted you about it before. I was yeah. like, are you okay? Yeah. You follow 421. Yeah. <laughs> no. So that was the first part of my exposure therapy that I just decided one night. I was out at an event. I met two girls who I'm still going to have on the podcast. They don't live. Uh, one of them doesn't live in L.A. But I was like, you know what? Why am I following 420? Because I like to look at the number because like I used to be this cool stoner chick. Like <laughs> I don't need to follow a certain number of people. Yeah. I'm missing out on connections I can make with people in these relationships when I want to stay in touch with people I meet at events and whatnot. But it's like then I have to go unfollow someone else and then mm -hmm. someone notices I unfollow them. And it was just. It was, it was an so entire annoying. thing for you. No, it, was it really a big was. Thing. But it was like, I needed to see that number. Mm -hmm. And even I would delete posts. So I always had under a thousand posts on my page. And it was just like a numbers thing, the volume on the TV mm -hmm. and so many things. Like I'll be sitting here and just like count and just little things like that. And so I've always known that I've probably had OCD, but I've never gone to a psychiatrist. It's never been so debilitating yeah. that I needed to go to a psychiatrist or get on medication. Yeah. And same with my mom. But... After now, like the last eight months that I've been in therapy and realizing like, oh, there's postpartum OCD. That's a whole, whole new yeah. layer. It's like perinatal OCD. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about that because it's, it's not really talked about. But the intrusive thoughts, like I'll be on a balcony, say, and I'm holding Summer. And I just picture her going off the balcony. Exactly. And I'm like, I'm not going to throw her off the balcony. I know that. I'm a sane person. Mm -hmm. But what if she jumped out of my mm -hmm. arms? And like, it's just like. Well, I, what if you did it? And what OCD does is it it latches to your biggest fear. And yeah. it's like, you want to do this. Mm -hmm. So intrusive thoughts are like, I want to throw her over the balcony. Or like what happened and you visualize it. What if I, what if that did happen? What if I accidentally drop her? Oh my God. You don't want to do that. Yeah. You're, you're, you're in, like you said, your insane mind, but OCD attaches to your vulnerable spots mm -hmm. and it runs with it. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that OCD is not just turning the lock three times. Exactly. And washing your hands six times. It's not that. Mm -hmm. It's very intense, intrusive thoughts. And the only way that you feel okay with it is by rituals. And so like for me, my rituals will be showering multiple, multiple, multiple times until it feels good. But the thing with OCD is it never feels good. It never ends up because you'll just find something else to focus on. Mm -hmm. I'll focus on, oh my God, uh, my sheets are not pulled up this way or my sister is in her room right now. I think she's dead. Like I haven't heard her speak. I think she's dead. Your mind will constantly find something else to attach on or to latch to. So the only way to get through it, which is what my therapist calls it, is like evidence. Mm -hmm. So like I would do with my ex-boyfriend, I would have panic attacks. He said he'd be home in 30 minutes. It's been 31 not even we looked at the messages. It was like 30 seconds after 30 minutes and I'm crying and I'm imagining his funeral, mm -hmm. what I'm wearing, who's there, what I'm going to say. Is his family going to talk to me? I've never met his family. These are the things that mm -hmm. goes through my mind. OCD is a very visual 
disease. Mm -hmm. It's a disability. Um, that's what happens. Mm -hmm. So what I started doing was my therapist would say, okay, Brendan will text you an hour after he gets home. In that time, I journaled what I went through. I was fucking terrified and devastated. And I thought my boyfriend died and I saw him in my head getting in a car crash, all these things, mm -hmm. but it didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't happen. So that's evidence. It's evidence showing myself that it's okay to do these things. Mm -hmm. And also you can probably relate. I don't know the difference between a gut feeling or an intrusive thought. Yeah. I will have the other night I was going out and I forced myself to, but I had this intrusive thought of this is my last night. I'm going to die. The Uber driver is going to crash. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to roofie me and kill me. I, this, my family is going to be alone. Normal people would be like, oh, I'm having a gut feeling. I just don't think I should go out right now. For me, it's the same thing, but it's not a gut feeling. Didn't happen. It's an intrusive thought that my brain thinks yeah. is true. I, so reminding yourself, it's just a thought. Yeah. It's no, thought. I know. I have to tell myself that all the time because I have those same feelings. Even Vegas this weekend, mm -hmm. for example, Lala and I were both under the weather all of last week. And she was so bad that she couldn't. I was like, I can rally. I can rally. And then the flight was a little bit delayed. And it was just like, that's a reason. And then I, I was like, okay, Sheena, get out of your head. You are going for Britney. You're going to be okay. You're not going to go to the club tonight. You're going to feel fine tomorrow. Like, it's fine. But like the whole time, like I'm in the Uber and I was like, is this when he gets in the car accident? And then I'm on the plane and then the plane's delayed taking off. And, and I'm you're like, like, this is, is this when they deplane? Off. Is it? And that was just so many things that even we get to Vegas and then it's like, okay. But then they're like, they're going to the club. And I was like, I'm not going to the club. I went back to the room. I was fine. I had some me time. I slept a solid eight hours uninterrupted. And I woke up feeling perfect. Went to Magic Mike, had the best time. It was great. Nothing bad happened. Mm -hmm. But the last time this happened, when Raquel, Brock, and I were supposed to go to New York, the flight got delayed so much that it was like a red-eye flight turned into 2 p.m. the next day. Yeah, that was crazy. It was crazy. And that, I was like, there are too many delays happening here. It was Ocean's birthday party that my mom was taking summer to. I was like, I'm staying in L.A. I'm going to Ocean's birthday party. Something is telling me not to go to New York. It was intrusive thoughts and a gut feeling. Yep. But it was more the gut feeling and Raquel had it too. And she's like, I don't think we should go. We're not supposed to go. And I was like, even if it's not the plane crashing, mm -hmm. it's maybe the taxi on the way from the airport to the hotel or something when we're out, there's a mass shooting. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like those happen all of the time. Yeah. It's so sad and scary. And I think about that shit all mm -hmm. the time. And like, I don't know. I feel like it's more common in people than you might realize. I just don't think people but, talk about it. Well, exactly. People don't talk about it. We sound crazy. But they're because also you don't. not That's educated what I was say. on, they're not educated on what it is. There are people on TikTok that are spreading so much misinformation about, oh, an intrusive thought. I have this intrusive thought of, I think I'm going to text him. No, my intrusive thoughts are like, so I will do a full face of makeup fully. Like, and I have to go somewhere. And my mind is like, you have to fucking wipe it off. You have to mess it up. You have to mess it up because what's going to happen if you mess it up? And there's one time that I it is so strong and I had to do what's considered a ritual and do it. And I took it off and I had somewhere to go. And those kind of, kinds of things, yeah, it seems small, but it's like you are, there is a fight in your mind 
nonstop. Mm-hmm. And what I say is it's a strainer, like for noodles. Like my thoughts, everything goes through OCD first and then it's like, mm-hmm. you know, a thought. It's obsessive. Yeah. I definitely think there's different levels, you know, and I there's obviously that line drawn when people who like both of you actually do have OCD, mm-hmm. but then you take someone like me and anyone else who may be listening, like I'm, sh- I can relate to things that you're saying as well. Like if I, as a baby, if I'm holding Ivy, what happens if she falls off this balcony? You think of it and then you feel guilty. Like, why would I, am, am I a psycho? Right. Why would I have that thought? But there's actually a book called Imp of the Mind mm-hmm. and our brains do that to us. I don't know what the purpose of it is, but it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you crazy. And Strangely enough, it's somewhat normal behavior for the brain to act in that way. Yeah. But I do see, you know, differences with like how much further it, like how much more debilitating I think it is for that's, for that's both of thing. you. Mm-hmm. Then like, it's very normal for people to, like you said, everyone thinks that way. Mm-hmm. You always think like, oh my god, what if I died tonight? Yeah. But it's the thing that makes it OCD is how debilitating and obsessive and What's, it What's the word? Like visual mm-hmm. it is. And you can't let it go and you have to do something to make you feel better. But do you ever feel better? No. For a minute. But I mean, there are times I've taken six showers in a row. I get in, I get out and I'm like, this doesn't feel, feel right. I have mm-hmm. to get in, get out. But that's the thing when I say it doesn't make me feel better. Yeah, that makes me feel better for a second, but then I'll find something else that doesn't feel good. And I have to do something to like fix that mm-hmm. or sit on that and focus on that. So it's a never ending thing. And as soon as you can stop it, it stops from trickling into more. So what is it that you have been working on with exposure therapy and like reprocessing and all of that? What has been helping you the most? Uh, Honestly, going back to my childhood and realizing that it started when I was so little, when I was a baby, I wasn't I was in eating therapy when I was 10 months old because I could, I just couldn't do it. And then I was in therapy when I was in second grade because I could not go to school. It terrified me. My dad, it's the sweetest thing, but I would cry. Like the thought of going to school traumatized me. It was horrible. So what my dad did is he told the principal, he told all the teachers, we're going to be five minutes late every single day. So my dad would drop me off and every day he'd be like, oh my God, we're late. We're late. We got to go. We got to go. So it turned into this fun thing of us running in the rain and running and trying to chase each other and beat each other to get to class. And I couldn't think about it. And I had to rush in the door and realizing that these things that I'm feeling and I've felt my entire life, there's a reason for it because there's this disorder. There's whatever. Mm -hmm. Like as soon as I can place a reason with something, I'm able to sympathize with myself and learn how to move forward and work through it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if any of that made sense. It makes total sense. And in fact, I was just telling Sheena about this. I'm in the process of being diagnosed with ADHD Mm -hmm. as an adult, which is insane to me. And I'm looking back now on all of the symptoms that I've had my whole life and all the things that I'm very upfront with on here or on Jamie all over. I'm just like, I need to stop procrastinating. That's what I'm going to work on next. Or I need to stop this or that, or I need to be more organized. And funny enough, it was a goal that I had for 2023. I had like a list of nine goals. 
that I wanted to achieve this year. And number nine was to get more organized Mm -hmm. because no matter how much I will clean my house, everything becomes a disorganized mess. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go somewhere to like Sheena's house and everything is like so perfectly organized. Not today. (laughs) But like forever, it's just made me feel like I'm lacking. Like, why can't I do that? Or like in school, I could not pay attention if a subject did not interest me mm-hmm. or if I already knew what they were talking about. I would just check out. I would cut class. I ended up dropping out of high school because oh of God. it. And it's not because I wasn't smart. It was because I learned differently. And mm-hmm. so what I'm learning now is like, wait a minute, my brain works differently than most people. And just learning that. Isn't it freeing? It's It was such a weight lifted off of me that if you come to my house now, everything is organized mm-hmm. because I learned how to do it if you have ADHD, mm-hmm. there's different ways to approach things. Yeah. And I was just trying to fit myself into this person that I thought I should be. And I was lacking in all of these areas, I thought. And it's just that my brain works differently. You just work differently. Such a freeing process to figure that out. And mm-hmm. it's because you start to have empathy for yourself. And that's what I'm learning is to empathize with myself and and let myself do the best I can do mm-hmm. and applaud that. And I keep getting lost in my thoughts, but I mean, just But it can take it you out. back as back however yeah. far when this first started. And maybe people, teachers, people have said things to you yeah. that stick with you for your life. Like you can't do this or how come you can't do this or what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now you can kind of go back now that you know what's you can wrong that with you, which is nothing you. is wrong with you, but you can go back and be like, they were not right. Mm-hmm. Like, I am not stupid or mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm not a failure. Like you can go back and reprocess those mm-hmm. things. It's easier to know what it is. I don't know, a diagnosis. It's just, it helps mm-hmm. so much in healing and mm-hmm. moving forward mm-hmm. and breaking down all of the things, especially with OCD. It's just a thought process and ADHD. It's a thought process and a way of life that you've been stuck in your entire life. It's an entire life's worth of habits that you're having to now break down and break through. And it is so great to learn that not every single person thinks like this and you don't have to think like this forever. It can, you can, you can heal yeah, and you can recover. And OCD luckily is something that if you continuously work on, you just beat that habit. Yeah. I mean, it's been 37 years for me of mm-hmm. Always knowing there's something off, but literally never, ever opening up to anyone about it. And you guys know I'm an open book. Yeah. I talk about everything, but the intrusive thoughts, I'm like, I'm not going to tell people what goes on in my brain. They'll think I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. There's no way I'm telling people this. That's like probably the biggest secret I've ever kept in my life. And then it was six months into therapy. And just one day I was like, okay, Obviously, you're the person I can talk to about this. I was like, can I just tell you something? I said, so yesterday, it was just, it's just bothering me. I said, I was driving from San Diego back to LA. I said, my husband was on his motorcycle in front of me. I don't want to kill my husband. I love my husband. But I just pictured, oh my God, what if I ran him over? Oh my God, oh my God. And then I'm just like, I'm driving so carefully behind him. And I'm like, not even me literally like stepping on the gas and running him over. What if someone hits me and then I run him over? Mm -hmm. Just, I was like, I just had this crazy thought. And she was like, and then I started going into some other things that I had thought about that week. And she goes, have you ever seen anyone about OCD? I'm like, no, but I've always felt like I had that. And she goes, okay. So she was, now that you're saying this. And then she asked me, she goes, how are you with numbers? And I'm like, 
oh my God, let me tell you, you know? And then I told her about my Instagram and everything. And she was like, okay, wow. But it was like six months of therapy and yeah. I never even opened up about that. It's terrifying no, to be I like, I think about killing people and stuff. Like, But I'm like, I know I'm not going to run him over, but every time he's on his motorcycle, I picture him dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just terrifying. Well, it's because it's your worst fear. Yeah. It attaches to your worst fear. Yeah. It makes you think you want to do that. And you're like, what? I'm a, I know I'm a good person. Yeah. So you've lived and I'm, I feel so, I know how it's like and I feel bad that you know what it's like too mm-hmm. because it's terrifying to not know. Yeah. I think the worst part was not knowing why we were having these awful thoughts mm-hmm. and these very, very visual thoughts. Yeah. Of really scary things happening that you don't want and you start to think, oh my God, why is that in my brain? Mm-hmm. Is anyone else thinking this? Because I don't think they are. No one's talking about it. Yeah. So I'm just happy that you were able to relieve yourself of any guilt or shame. And that day, I felt the biggest weight off Mm -hmm. me. I came downstairs and I just started sobbing and I told Brock and he Mm -hmm. was just like, okay, well, now we know. Now we know what we need to work on. I'm like, but it's just like, I just felt so bad even thinking these things. Like Mm -hmm. I was walking downstairs to cut open a package and I had a knife and I'm like, oh my God, what if I slip and stab him? I'm not going to slip and stab him. But Mm -hmm. I I pictured it Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, and I told my therapist, I'm like, I don't want to harm my husband. She goes, I know. She's like, trust me. (laughs) When you put the trigger warning and they're like, we know it's not real. I know, but I'm just like, that's why I've never talked about it before but I'm like you know what now that I've opened up to a therapist about it I'm gonna open up to the world about it because that's what I do I'm an open book and I share my full story and this is Mm -hmm. one thing that I had never shared before and then me talking about it on my podcast with Lala you heard it yeah and then you opened up to me about that because Mm -hmm. I know that there's other mental health that you've struggled with but I didn't know how bad your OCD Mm -hmm. was and so now that's like another thing that you and I have, unfortunately, in common. <laughs> Sadly, but love yeah. it for us. Yes. No, it makes you feel so much less alone. Mm-hmm. It's such an isolating disorder. And yeah. it, it well, you that's feel incredibly... What I feel like what I'm learning through learning about the ADHD too mm-hmm. is that women are better at repressing things. Mm. And we go through these like mental gymnastics to, to repress things because we're like, oh, we're supposed to be good at this or I'm a mom. No one can know that I'm thinking this way mm-hmm. or, or I need to be, you know, this wife who does all of these chores perfectly. And so they'll overcompensate for it more than men. So that's why I feel like men can sometimes get diagnosed easier than women can. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a combination of us as women. If we do notice these things, we I mean, I've been to I, countless therapists. Not one therapist has figured it out for me. Yeah. I figured it out for myself. Because you're smart. So thank you. <laughs> and you know your body and yeah. you're intuitive. But it was an accident, to be oh, perfectly honest. Never mind. I <laughs> <laughs> you could still say I'm smart. I mean, like, so. no, she's still like, totally smart and she's hot. <laughs> but I was getting back to like my goal to organize. I was watching a YouTube video about hacks for home organization, right? And then you know how YouTube will automatically put on another video. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully this was just fate. But the next video is how to organize if you have ADHD. <gasps> no way. And the woman started going through all of her issues. And I'm like, wait, I that's everything that <gasps> oh I'm my struggling with. So then I look up all the ADHD information. It's like, yeah, women won't often don't get diagnosed because they don't always have the hyperactivity portion of it. And they also repress it a lot more. So there's so many like young girls that 
it's completely going unnoticed. But with the boys, they suffer from the hyperactivity more. Mm. So teachers can notice that or parents will notice that more. So because they're acting out. Exactly. So as women, I think just in general, we repress things way more than men do. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, on that same note, we also have to self advocate Mm -hmm. because not one of my therapists, like I said, realized that, you know, and then in therapy, She's like, oh, you just need to do more self-care. And I'm like, look. Oh, my God. How many face masks right? do you do? I'm like, look, we're not going down this road. I'm like, that's not going to help me. And in fact, you telling me to do this makes me feel worse. Yeah. Because that's not going to help me. I was like, this is what I need to work on. This is what we need to do. And she was very, you know, thankfully, she was like, okay, I understand you better now. And she then she started asking me the right questions. But like, I've had so many therapists that, I didn't even get to that point with. I just keep like I just kept yeah. asking for a new one, asking for a new and one. And that's so exhausting mm-hmm. to have to start over mm-hmm. again, again, again. That's why it took me so long to get a therapist because I was so dead set on the one that I have now. I went on a waiting list. I don't wait for shit. Like if <laughs> no, I want something, I'm like, then I'll it. just get something else, you know? But I was like, no, I want this therapist. And I was giving myself until the end of May. It was end of May or end of June, but I said like before we started filming season 10, I needed to have a therapist. Mm -hmm. And I think our filming date got pushed a little bit, but I was like, okay, if it's not by the end of this month, I will start looking for someone else. And the last week of the month, I got an email. Spots open. That's so weird. Yeah. She's like, I I don't have room for couples therapy, but I do have individual. And I was like, that's perfect. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thankful that you use your, your platform because that's something I do too is bringing awareness and talking about the uncomfortable things. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have to feel ashamed when I talk about how I was sexually assaulted. It wasn't my fault. Mm -hmm. They should be ashamed. Mm -hmm. They should be ashamed for doing that. Yeah. And it's part of who I am. It's part of my story. And the amount of women that I've helped just talking about it Mm -hmm. and being vulnerable and honest and people realizing, oh, wait, that's, that's assault. That's happened to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know this. And we also talk ourselves out of it because we don't want to admit that that's what happened. Well, because to I us, don't want to you know? be a bother. Also, I don't I don't want it to, it to happen to me. And that's what I did. But I also don't want to be annoying and I don't want to be trauma dumping. And I feel like that's something that's put on women when they're honest about things they've been through. And fuck that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, fuck that. Guys can talk about how they just jacked off in the bathroom before they came and hung out. Like, I can talk about this mm-hmm. and not feel annoying. Yeah. One we- thing I will say about that, though, is we also need to be careful that if we are in therapy, that we actually are healing. Because a lot of times, and this is not to put down therapy or therapists, but a lot of times you can just get into a rut where all you're doing is just talking about this. Mm-hmm. And there's no plan of action. There's no healing in sight. Same thing like if I take a year off of dating to heal, if I'm just sitting at home, You're not I'm not healing, you know? So we have to be very proactive about how we are approaching our therapy. And even whether it's with girlfriends or with a therapist that we're not, and yes, there's something to be said for talking about it and getting it out of your body. Mm-hmm. But the next step is healing. So we have to make sure that we're always working towards that too. And being honest with your therapist, with which I feel like a lot of people don't. They go into therapy and they they just talk about what the other person did. I go into therapy and I'm like, I said something really mean 
to my boyfriend today. And I don't know why I did that, Mm -hmm. but I want to talk about it. You have to be open with your therapist, speak about what you did wrong and be open to hearing, yeah, that maybe wasn't the best thing. Let's, Mm -hmm. let's dig into why and how to stop it. And I, not to pat myself on the back, but I'm very vulnerable in therapy and talk about where I went wrong because I want to be better. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be paying for therapy just to have someone be like, yeah, that sucks that happened to you. No, I want to know how to grow for the people in my life and for myself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you both for being here and opening up. I know just this conversation, when people listen to it, it's going to help so many people. And that's why we do what we do. So thank you, Tori. Tell everyone where they can find you and listen to your beautiful music. Thank you. My name is Tori Keith on all social medias, Spotify, Apple Music, please stream. And also there are so many resources out there for cheap therapy and psychiatrists. And there are a lot of places you can go to learn and to get help. So please, please do that. Take care of yourself. Put your healing first. And I love you. I love you too. Thanks for listening to Shenanigans with Sheena Shea. Download new episodes every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Looking fine and I got my girls with me. With the boys at the table getting tipsy. Miss me, kiss me one more time. Get over here, boy. I'm going to make you mine. Do you want it? Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.